It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Welcome to this episode of Kennedy Saves the World. And today, uh, we are once again going to try and resuscitate crypto. People have given up. Uh, they, they've they thrown their Bitcoin out the window. It's quite sad. But we still have faith. I'm still an optimist. I still believe this this fiat currency is, is not the future. And uh, we, we do need options. Bitcoin right now, it's sexy. It's uh, it's it's moving back up. It's moving on up to the Upper East Side. It's not quite there yet. It's still in, ah, I don't know, still in the East Village. It's uh, it's it's making its way northward. I was at Freedom Fest recently, and I was lucky enough to MC the entire event. Had a great time, and uh, one of the the panels that I witnessed was Bitcoin or gold, which protects your portfolio the best. And there was a crypto expert on there who is the founder at Timelock Venture Fund. Uh, She also has been in the Miami tech scene for quite some time. She opened Miami's first Bitcoin center in 2018 and has had quite an influence on crypto in Miami. Erica Gemma, welcome to Kennedy Saves the World. Thank you, Kennedy, and thank you for saving the world. It's a it's a large task and one that uh, I have to engage in twice weekly, and I'm happy to do it. I'm really happy to have a uh, an expert on in this arena because there are so many I told you so's right now naysayers were like yeah crypto's dumb it's unregulated it's stupid and it was never going to be anything but a total failure and it's going to go to zero in like a month what do you say to people who have been very negative on bitcoin on crypto for quite some time and is it important to differentiate the two Yeah, absolutely. So first of all, Bitcoin, crypto, completely different things. The way that I explain it to people to help them to get uh, to understand it is that Bitcoin was this invention. Uh, This invention was posted as open source code, meaning it's code posted in a public place for anyone to be able to read it, to copy, paste it. And what happened was software developers from all over the world, they saw this open source code. They said, wow, this is revolutionary. They copy pasted it. They named the technology blockchain. And they changed some things for the other cryptocurrencies to exist. So Bitcoin stands alone. It is the invention that was created out of a better need for uh, a better system for money. But the byproduct of great inventions is that we have blockchain, we have cryptocurrencies, and those are completely different from Bitcoin. So like when the the astronauts first left orbit and uh, launched the space program, we got Tang and Tempur-Pedic mattresses. We got we got light therapy, all the things. Yeah, I mean that as well. You actually you actually know about this stuff because uh, you graduated from Embry Riddle Aeronautical University. You've got a bachelor's in aeronautics and your private pilot's license. So so you know a great deal about these things and systems, which you know I I gravitate toward people who understand and implement systems because I'm fascinated by that. And I think a lot of the uh, the chaos and 
things in the world that don't work are because of either poor systems or a lack of them in the first place. So uh, Bitcoin sort of set the table and created this system. So are you personally um, more optimistic about Bitcoin or do you embrace cryptocurrency as a whole? Yeah, I mean, personally, I, I embrace cryptocurrency as a whole. But here's the thing is that cryptocurrency is the first and most prominent use of blockchain, the technology. Okay, so thinking about Bitcoin, blockchain and cryptocurrency as three different things. Cryptocurrency is the first use case. However, the technology of blockchain has has so many different use cases. And yes, there is dollar values tied to these tokens. Uh, but it's as a whole, this this entire system, Web3, the metaverse, like you just think about the underpinnings of a decentralized system and that needs it needs a blockchain. But when I teach people about it and when people are not um, knowledgeable about the subject, I prefer just to talk about Bitcoin and Bitcoin alone. Uh, because in terms of, let's say, investment, uh, it is the mo- one that has the most promising use case. I would say other cryptocurrencies right now, they kind of are, are speculative tech investments. And so to be a little bit more careful, especially if you're conservative. And Bitcoin allows you to be more conservative. Yes, exactly. In the crypto sphere, Bitcoin is the most conservative. And do you uh, do you think there is some benefit to... Uh, this first in, last out mentality, especially for people who do use it as an investment product, the fact that it was there first and it has name recognition, it is the Kleenex of tissues. Is there is is that in and of itself the main benefit, or is it something about the way Bitcoin exists that makes it better than other cryptocurrency? Yeah, so Bitcoin has this thing that really no other cryptocurrency can duplicate. And it's like, uh, we call it the immaculate conception, right? So uh, Jesus didn't really have a father. He was born of Mary from God. And actually, nobody really knows who his father is, right? That type of immaculate conception, what we're talking about, is mirrored here in Bitcoin. Uh, We don't know who created Bitcoin, right? Uh, His name or his pseudonym online is Satoshi Nakamoto, but nobody actually knows who Satoshi is. Now, what does that mean for someone who holds Bitcoin? It means that there's not one person who has enough control over the network to do something negative. Um, And at the same time, there's not one person that can be gone after if something bad happens. So let's say, you know, like when Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook tried to create their own cryptocurrency, what happened was um, Congress immediately called him in and said, no, you have to stop Libra. I mean, Libra didn't really stop, by the way. They just rebranded, but that's another story in its own. Uh, but yeah, Bitcoin has this immaculate conception to where nobody knows who created it. And some people see that as a as a failure of Bitcoin, but I don't think that they understand uh, that you know there is this aspect where you're not able to you're not able to target who the to who the creator is. And then at the same time, um, it, because it's open source code, because the code is public, everything that Bitcoin does is posted in a public place that anyone can go online and audit. You don't have to trust this creator at all uh, because you can go online and read it for yourself. When I tell you that there's only 21 million Bitcoin that will ever be in existence, you don't have to trust me. You know, versus gold, where they say there's a 2% inflation schedule a year and you don't know how much paper gold is trading out there versus actual physical gold, uh, Bitcoin is different because it's math 
because it's online and because it's open source, this factor of trust actually gets re removed. Uh, there's a saying in crypto that says, don't trust, verify, because you don't have to trust anymore. You actually can go online and verify. So tell me about the, the swing in value. You know, in, in terms of U.S. dollars, Bitcoin traded or whatever existed at a height of 69,000 in November 2021. Uh, last month, it was a low of, you know, just shy of 18,000. It was like 17,592. Um, gold hasn't had th those kind of swings in the modern era, and that makes people nervous. Um, so how much time do you spend trying to comfort people who have a lot of Bitcoin investment that they're not going to lose all of their money, especially if they're close to retirement? Yeah, um, you know, there's this. So gold is really is a really good example, because what gold does is is it holds its purchasing power at the debate on Freedom Fest. Um, they had talked about how you can still buy a really nice suit with an ounce of gold. Right. But Bitcoin actually gains in purchasing power. And this is where the difference is. Bitcoin will eventually make it to a point where it becomes like gold, where it is stable. But it's just not at that point yet. And I think if you get involved once Bitcoin is stable, then you're going to miss out on that price appreciation. Bitcoin started trading at five cents a coin. And now here we are today at about $21,000 a coin, which, by the way, you don't need to buy a full coin. You can buy fractions of it. Um, and, and so in terms of price appreciation, you know, seeing this 85% swing down, we've seen it before. Like, this is something that I feel like if you're in the crypto industry, you anticipated for sure. And you've seen it before. And there's a saying also in crypto called HODL, which is hold on for dear life. Uh, <laughs> because, I mean, it, it is super volatile. And, and, you know, volatility, in my opinion, is a feature right now. It's not a bug. Uh, and you know, the so explain that really to people who don't understand. Explain that to people um, who lost a, mo a lot of money in 2008 and, you know, all of a sudden their homes were worthless, uh, who have been conditioned over the decades and by family members um, that you are looking for stability like that. That is, for lack of a better yeah. phrase, the gold standard when you are saving for the future. So how how is yeah. volatility good? I think that, you know, in this sense, it's, it's first of all, it's diversification. So you do want some riskier assets like cryptocurrencies, and then you want your stable things like the real estate and like the, like the gold. But when you look at the volatility of Bitcoin, it's it's a feature if you like to trade, let's say. If you if you like those swings, if you like to, to buy and sell constantly, that is really a feature for you. Uh, but also if you look at things like, like the market cap of Bitcoin, okay? So uh, the market cap of Apple, just to put things into perspective, I think is a 2.5 trillion dollars right now. Microsoft is about $1 trillion. Uh, gold is about $10 trillion. Now, if I tell you the market cap of Bitcoin, the market cap of Bitcoin is maybe 450 billion. Right. So just a portion of a stock like Apple, and this is a global money system that really like has been helping people in third world countries uh, get out of poverty. It's been helping people in war torn countries be able to retain some of their wealth while they flee their countries. Uh, this is something that rivals gold. And the market cap right now is only 450 billion. So when you look at volatility and, and we think about it in terms of a fraction, right, when you see these swings, it just makes sense because the denominator of Bitcoin is much smaller. Uh, so, you know, 
volatility is a feature for a good feature if you're trading. Uh, and then also if you're if volatility is always good to the upside. And the upside potential on Bitcoin versus some of these more established assets uh, is really there when you look at market cap. Don't go anywhere. More Kennedy saves the world right after this. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com. So when you say that Bitcoin will at some point be stable, what does that look like and how long does that take? Yeah, I mean, personally, I think that uh, that Bitcoin probably will become stable when it hits, let, let's say, like a five trillion dollar market cap, which is about half that of gold right now and, and double that of Apple. Um, and how long will that take? Man, that, that's a really hard question. Um, uh yeah, I couldn't tell you, but I know that, you know, in terms what of are the, what are the variables that determine the time? Is it inflation? Is it, you know, whether or not there is a recession? Is it how many people are investing in it? What are what are the different factors there? Yeah, I personally think that the the, the less that the people trust in fiat currencies in government declared legal tender, the better uh, chance that Bitcoin has to gain in price. Uh, that's one of the factors. Uh, the other factor is, let's say, the supply schedule. So Bitcoin's really interesting because with gold, you know, that gold is the easiest comparison that I can make. Uh, but with gold, you have to mine it out of the ground, right? And you say, okay, uh, we've, and I don't know if there's some like, some world forum that says that, okay, we've mined this much gold out of the ground this month. Um, with Bitcoin, we know exactly almost down to the minute how many Bitcoin are being added to the economy. And it's a math problem. Right now, about every 10 minutes, 6.25 new Bitcoin are being added to the Bitcoin economy until we hit the full 21 million mark, which will happen in 2140. So um, yeah, I mean, it, it's the supply schedule. It's it's the trust in fiat currencies. And I would also say it's, it's gold as well. How well is gold going to do as a store of value during these times? Because with gold... I mean, we just see that. Um, Are they inversely proportional? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. You're right. Thank you for catching me. I think that gold would be, and I'm sorry to those who own gold, but I really think gold would be a lot uh, of a, more of a higher price right now if, if Bitcoin wasn't there. Oh, that's fascinating. People are, are opting into, yeah, I mean, the young people are opting into buying Bitcoin instead of gold. And, and not only that, but when you look at, you know, how, we just sent $100 million to Ukraine within a matter of minutes. Cross borders, no bank accounts, like no having to worry about how it gets there. Uh, and I think that's something that you've just never been able, you've never seen before with with money or with, with the dollars, with fiat currencies. And gold is obviously, it's just impossible to do that. Uh, and so I, you've seen certain things happen. Like for example, Venezuela, Caracas, Venezuela, the current, the economy there is completely unstable. And that is the number one adopted place for Bitcoin in the entire world, probably right now, uh, other than, you know, uh, El Salvador. And then you see things like uh, in Turkey, right? So when Turkey had sanctions put on it, Bitcoin during that year hit all time highs multiple times just in Turkey because people were trying to save their wealth for the long term. So, I mean, it's gold definitely has plays a factor. Fiat currencies play a factor and, and really trust 
um, trust and I think time, you know, I think another factor in the growth of it is education. So what you're doing, talking about it, because sometimes it's so taboo, uh, is it, really important because people think that it's not backed by anything. Uh, but I think that those people just maybe have not done their research yet. That's very interesting. And I think, you know, the, the history of Bitcoin and how it came to be, I think it's a really interesting part of the story. And, you know, you're absolutely right about that. And, and hopefully it gives people some hope if this is something that, uh, that they want to get into or if they want to glimpse the future. And speaking of which, you know, obviously you have been very instrumental in bringing Miami into the world of Bitcoin. So tell me about El Salvador and Miami. How, how are those places going to be hubs for the future where uh, wealth and prosperity will lift people out of poverty and make lives better? Yeah, uh, so we'll start with El Salvador. El Salvador is a pretty interesting country because, you know, they used to be the, I think, murder capital of the world. And uh, people should understand the reason why they were is because they have so many gangs. And so the murders were gang-on-gang crimes. They weren't necessarily, um, uh, they weren't like, tourists being murdered so it's a pretty safe country and i visited there before and i mean with them see this is what people i feel like you know el salvador used the dollar right and all this inflation is happening and people in the united states are getting stimulus checks but countries that are based off of the dollar they're not getting that but they're still feeling this pain and so I think that his move, um, and, and maybe it's not El maybe it's not Bitcoin for El Salvador. It's it's really Bukele as a young president trying to make changes and trying to make waves. Uh, you know, he's done a lot of really great things for that country. Like, you know, one story that I was told when I was there was he he cut crime by fifty percent overnight. And the way that he did that was he just cut off the Wi-Fi to the prisons. Uh, beforehand, they had cell phones, they had computers, and they were controlling a lot of the gang violence from inside the prisons. So he just cut it off. Um, so I think that, you know, El Salvador is really positioning self, positioning themselves to be a sovereign nation. And the thing about that country, which, you know, I think is another thing to put into to play, another factor that comes into play is that a lot of the people in that country died because of the civil war, a lot of the older people. And so the nation is, let's say, 80 plus percent millennials. So you have a lot of people that are prone to using technology already, and he sees that. Not only that, but ever since he's been uh, the Bitcoin announcement, I think um, tourism to that country has gone up by something like 50, 60 percent. Uh, so he's really you know, just attracting young minds. And I think, you know, Mayor Suarez is the same thing that's happening here in Miami. Uh, it's a little bit, Miami is an interesting place because so Miami and specifically Brickell has the second most international banks in the United States. Uh, they, it's the capital of Latin America. <laughs> People say, what's the best place to do business in Latin America? And it's Miami. Everybody speaks Spanish. And a lot of people who live here, they understand Bitcoin from a needs-based perspective, right? Um, a lot of people in Latin America, they don't get into Bitcoin like we do in the U.S. because you want to make some money. Uh, they do it because they don't want to get poor, not because they don't want to get rich, or not because they want to get rich, but because they don't want to get poor. Uh, and even though Bitcoin is volatile, it is less volatile and continually gains in purchasing power versus some of these national uh, fiat currencies. Do you hate the U.S. dollar? <laughs> I, I, I don't. Like, I actually wish it the best and I wish it would be successful. And I hope that, it, you know, right now the U.S. dollar is strengthening. Um, 
but unfortunately that just seems like it's not going to happen. Like I really do wish it would because I see all these people who are genuinely concerned about what is it they're going to do? You know, they want to have kids, but they're not going to because of the state of the economy and everybody has all these concerns and they should. Um, and I, and I wish that it wasn't so, but I think that, you know, over time and time again, uh, the universe fate allows us an out when there is calamity, you know? Uh, and I think one of those outs that we have right now is Bitcoin and gold, of course, and silver and real estate. Um, but for me, it's, it's really Bitcoin. Well, I'm not going to lie. I like it all. I like real estate. I like gold. I like <laughs> silver. I like rhodium. I love Bitcoin. I like Ethereum. I love this conversation, and it has been truly enlightening. I, I really appreciate that you are bringing uh, agnostic facts to the game and you know, really bringing people along with you because it can de- be an intimidating sphere. Thank you for making it less so, Erica Gemma. Well, thank you for having me and for continuing to teach people. I mean, there's not a lot of people to talk about this, especially with people who have a platform like yours. And so, I mean, you're doing something right for sure. Well, I'm trying to save the world. This has been Kennedy Stays the World. I'm Kennedy. Thank you, Erica. For more podcasts from my friends at Fox, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts and Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. Oh, go ahead and leave me a review while you're there. I'd love to hear what you have to say. You've been listening to Kennedy Saves the World on the Fox News Podcast Network. Pull up a chair and join me, Rachel Campos Duffy. And me, former U.S. Congressman Sean Duffy, as we share our perspective on the discussions happening at kitchen tables across America. Download from the kitchen table, the Duffy's at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you download podcasts.